Father, in the name of Jesus, as we prepare ourselves for your word, we ask your anointing upon your man of God. Father, that you will touch him. Father, that you will fill him. Father, that you will use him. That your word will come forth and you will receive glory in and through him. Father, allow your edifying word to flow from his lips to our ears and that we all will be lifted up and blessed through you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord, church. This is why we're here today, right? We're here to pray. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. And you come to praise the Lord today. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. To Him be glory alone. Sorry. Now, glory. To glory of God alone. Only He gets it. Hallelujah. You might have some other plans today, but as you sit here, to God be the glory. And you ain't gonna get to your next destination without it. So to God be the glory. You ain't gonna get up tomorrow without it. So to God be the glory. Amen. Praise the Lord. But ain't nothing else to do. Well, make sure you glorify Him. We all come from somewhere. Different walks of life, different sides of Detroit, different places in the world. Whether you grew up in a trapping, uh, flying trapeze act or you grew up in the streets in the neighborhood, not knowing what the circus is, we all have one thing in common before we knew Christ, and that's the sin nature. Everyone was born into sin. In fact, we have a witness of that through David, through Psalm 51. I'll read it to you here. David says in the psalm, Be gracious to me, God, according to your faithful love, according to your abundant compassion. Blot out my rebellion. Wash away my guilt and cleanse me from my sin. For I am conscious of my rebellion, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you alone, I have sinned and done this evil in your sight. So you are right when you pass sentence. You are blameless when you judge. Indeed, I was guilty when I was born. I was sinful when my mother conceived me. All of us, when we were conceived and we came into this world, were shaking us in. And we're going to find out today, don't, no matter where you came from, no matter if you was, a, you was part of Cirque du Soleil or the uh, Universal Circus or you're from Russia or you're from, from, from anywhere in the world, it don't matter where you're from. If you was born and you breathe again today, you were shaking in sin. But to God be the glory for his son, Jesus Christ, that he sent this son so that we may no longer be sinners, but justified so that we may just uh, sin a lot less. Because uh, we still do just so happen to sin, but we sin a whole lot less, amen? Today, all this sermon text today will be coming from the book, from the letter to the church at Ephesus, this is Ephesians. The letter of Paul gonna coming from chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. And a certain title is No Longer the Walking Dead. Amen. Preacher. Big brother. Please read the same text for us today. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 1 through 10.
That section of scripture is entitled From Death to Life. Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 1 through 10. Amen. I'll read them to you here. In the past, you were spiritually dead because of your disobedience and sins. At that time, you followed the world's evil way. You obeyed the ruler of the spiritual powers in space, the spirit who controls the people who disobey God. Actually, all of us were like them and lived according to our natural desires, doing whatever suited the wishes of our own bodies and minds. In our natural condition, we, like everyone else, were destined to suffer God's anger. But God's mercy is so abundant and his love for us is so great that while we were spiritually dead in our disobedience, he brought us to life with Christ. It is by God's grace that you have been saved. In our union with Christ Jesus, he raised us up with him to rule with him in the heavenly world. He did this to demonstrate for all time to come the extraordinary greatness of his grace and love he showed us in Christ Jesus. For it is by God's grace that you have been saved through faith. It is not the result of your own efforts, but God's gift, so that no one can boast about it. God has made us what we are, and in our union with Christ Jesus, he created us for a life of good deeds, which he has already prepared us to do. Amen. Father God, I ask that your word flow today with truth, love, and power, that it will lay on the hearts of those, Father God, who do not know that they are lost without Christ Jesus, that they will be made known today to you, that they will understand that they need you and only you. Father God, let your message go forth. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, this text right here, we got going to divide it up into three sections. The first three verses, we're going to cover what our condition is and what our condition was for some of us who were previously dead in our trespasses. What was this condition was first? The next section will be verses four through seven. And we're gonna talk about the, the immeasurable riches of God's grace and his love towards us when we were yet still sinners. And the last section, we're gonna conclude the message with the last verses 8 through 10, talking about the work right now and the gift and how we receive that gift properly. Amen? Amen. So we begin. The passage starts out, and I will be reading from a slightly different translation. So bear with it as you follow along in the Good News Bible, or if you have the Bible on your phone, you can follow along with the translation that you choose. But I'll be reading from the Home of Christian Standard Bible. That's the translation I'll be used. Now, Paul goes on to say, in this section of the letter, he said, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you previously walked according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler who exercises authority over the lower heavens. Or, we usually hear that in the King James Version, it usually says, the prince of the power of the air. That's what we use, what we used to hear right there. But those two things mean the same thing. He's a praise the prince. Um, he's um, he's he has authority over the lower heavenly region, and that's made known to us in the Gospel of John, where Jesus expresses quite a few times that the ruler has been cast out, and the ruler of this world is now coming. This ruler of this age is the devil and Satan. Amen. So this is who they're talking about right here. So. Before I read any further, let's unpack the very first verse. 
It says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. This is our previous condition. This is the condition as expressed in the monologue earlier that, that we all had prior to us being drawn out of sin and being redeemed from slavery to sin and being brought into union with Jesus Christ. So, even though we are walking around, we lived our lives, all we did, everything we've done, when we became 18 years old, and some of us, like, I know myself, I got a little wild, I was out there doing God knows what, and only He knows, but only because of His grace, I'm standing before you right now. But I was dead when I was walking around and running around doing what I was doing. So, literally, I was a dead man walking. They usually say that about a man who is, uh, going to receive capital punishment and his time has come and they take him out of his cell and when he's been taking that last walk and taking his last breath on this earth usually they have they have guys coming out dead man walking but that is the spiritual condition of every person born who is without Christ they are dead men and women walking why are they dead though? well it all always goes back to our favorite chapter in Genesis, Genesis chapter 3. And what happened in Genesis chapter 3? Well, of course, you know, the fall. And this is what death is. You know, that God told Adam, you know, if you, if you disobey this command, that you would eat the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that you would surely die. Amen. Now, it didn't mean that we see now that he surely didn't mean that he's going to drop dead right where he is because to God be the glory. He said, curse be the ground because of your sin. He didn't curse man because he intended to save man. Let's remember that. He did not pronounce a curse on man even though he disobeyed because he intended to save. This is all a part of God's eternal plan of salvation for all mankind. He desires that every man be saved, no longer being dead men walking with dead works and doing the things that they do, but now being saved and now doing the good works that they've been shaping, being a new creation in Christ to do forevermore for all eternity. And then when he comes back, we are no longer enemies of God, but we'll be caught in the air with them if we're still here. But though those who are not here who died in Christ will be raised first and will be raised first to justification with brand new bodies. So the dead will rise first in Christ and those who are still alive and, and how things is going, we may see it. Maybe tomorrow, maybe later. We don't know the day, hour, or time. But those who are still standing will be changed in the twinkling of an eye, as Paul would say in the letter to Corinthians in chapter 15. Changed instantly. The perishable becomes imperishable. But that is only through Christ Jesus. But we're going to get to that. So now we know that we're dead. Now this is not a physical death. A physical death is, uh, is, is, is going to happen. Because of the sin, everyone dies. Everyone has a day set where they will stop breathing, the heart will stop, and their soul will return back to God. But this dead in your trespasses is literally a spiritual death. Now understand this about death. We know it's death is being that when the person's soul is no longer there, it's called a separation from the body, from the soul. But the spiritual death is separation from man and God. Man with his sinful condition is no longer connected to God. He is spiritually dead, a dead man walking, walking not knowing when you're going to drop dead. Hopefully you don't drop dead before you Know who Christ is and come into Christ. Because if you drop dead, yes, you're dead, and you're going to be called back yet to die again. Ain't that something? So let's make this clear right now that there will be a resurrection. There will be two resurrections. Yes, everyone will be resurrected. The first resurrection is for those who died in Christ. The second resurrection is for those who die without Christ and will be resurrected, judged, and gone thrown into the fire. Let's say that again. There's two resurrections. Everyone will experience a resurrection. It's either you're going to be raised to life or you're going to be raised to death. So you can either go from, as, as, as Jesus says in, in John chapter 5, you can be raised from death to life 
or you can go and be raised from death to death. Because dead man walking can't just die without Christ and be raised into eternal life. No, you be returned, return and then go into eternal punishment, eternal damnation, eternal hellfire. Have you ever been barbecuing out there on the grill and you accidentally put your hand over that fire or you've been cooking on the stove and you touch that? Can you imagine that for eternity? Can you imagine singeing the singe of your flesh? And yes, you will get that regular flesh back with all those problems, backaches and stuff, but you're going to be on fire. Hell is no place for a man. I said hell is no place for a man. Please hear that. Hell is no place for a man. So now we understand that we are dead in our trespasses and our sins as we're born into sin. As David pointed out in the Spirit of God in Psalm 51, we understand that we're born into sin and everything that we do, not necessarily the good things we do, but we're going to get to the good things because in our simple state, we can't do some good things. People do good things all the time. Bill Gates is a known philanthropist, but from his works and from what I see, he does not know Christ. And um, his good works mean nothing once he gets to the judgment seat of God. I don't care how much money you've given anybody. If you don't know Christ, you're not going. I don't care if you turn the world upside down and make it beautiful and, and you make everything good for somebody. Somebody turn this neighborhood around and they give so much money, they give speeches, they cut ribbons and take form. If he does not know Christ, his works mean nothing. But let this be known that that doesn't mean stop doing good things. No, that doesn't mean stop doing good things. You need one, you don't want to live a life of wickedness because scripture also says that why would you want to rush God into his wrath to take you off of this earth? Don't live a wicked life so that he will take you off of this earth. Go ahead and, and come into Christ right now as you hear his message. Come into Christ right now. Consider the one who died for you Die so that your soul may be saved from him. Because this enemy who is the prince of the power of the air, the ruler of the, who exercises authority over the lower heavens, he has no authority over you. He has no authority. He's going to be right there in the hellfire next to you if you don't come. He's going to be right there. Scripture confirms that. So, there's two things we're dealing with here right now. We've got the ruler over the lower heavens is the son of Satan who is yes indeed he is the father of sin he is the father originator sin originated in this created being he introduced sin to the universe and through him and through his disobedience and through his haughtiness and his envy for God for him wanting to be in God's place he was his, 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 his position was taken from him his, his, everything that he had was taken and he's judged, and his judgment is certain. But he, this is what's going on. This man, this one right here, you have him to be the father of sin, and the, and also we have what is now he's called the spirit that is now work and the disobedient. So we know we have a sin nature, and then we also know we have this um, one called Satan, who doesn't make you sin. Remember, um, I forget the comedian's name, if you recall. I think his name is Flip Wilson. Flip Wilson had a famous little line that he would say whenever he did something wrong. He would say, the devil made me do it. I'm going to tell you right now how much of a lie that is. The devil cannot make you do anything. But he can encourage you. He can whisper in your ear. He can make it look good to you. That's all he can do. But he does a very good job of making sin look good to you. Sin feels good, it smells good, it tastes good, and when you think about sin, it doesn't seem so good. You smile about it. Like, wow, man, let me get some up today, man. You get some up today? Yeah, man, that sounds like a great idea. Oh, let me uh, call up so-and-so. We ain't married, but I want to get down. I want to get with her. But that's sin, but it feels good, and you're going and doing it because it feels good to you because you don't like God, and you don't know you're dead in the trespasses. This is the problem we have. So we want to understand that right now that, that this power has been defeated. The power of sin over your life has been defeated in Christ and the one who is the ruler of this age, you would say, has been defeated. Have you ever seen the uh, arcade game? Remember the little 
coin-operated arcade game. You used to put the quarter in and you used to play. But guess what? If you didn't put a quarter in that game, what did it say on the screen? Somebody said, game over. I'll tell you what that means. Don't go play the game. Satan is out here running around trying to cause everyone to go and die with them. He has no greater pleasure than one man to die without Christ. Don't go put no quarter in that machine. Let him be game over. Keep your quarters in your pocket. Give your life to Christ. And consider Christ and walk by that machine. Let it be game over. Let it sit there and keep playing. It's going to keep playing and it's going to keep cycling because he has the same MO. All he wants to do is Watch Netflix. Don't go to church. No, 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 no. You driving, driving. You know, you know, don't, 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 don't pray about it. You know, you know, go, go, go to back quest. Don't, don't ask the Lord for help. Or, or go to WebMD. Don't seek the Lord because you're sick. You can get on your phone and go to WebMD. That's what He wants you to do. He doesn't want you to see God. He wants you to stay lost, dead in your trespasses. Without sin and hope in this world. But because of Christ, amen. To God be the glory for Christ, amen. So, we got those two problems. We know that those two problems are taken care of. But what you to understand, though, is the verse goes on to say, even Paul and all the apostles and all the men of the Bible, except for Christ, who is the God man who was without sin, can't sin, will ever sin, never ever will sin, but came to die for sin. The scripture says he died and became sin so that sin power can be destroyed. Amen? So, so we, well, we all have been children of wrath, children under wrath because of the inclination and the thoughts that we used to have before we knew Christ. We know this already. You know, so we understand the person that we used to be before we came into Christ. I advise you not to forget who you were because how can you give your testimony if you don't remember where you came from? Remember, we all came from somewhere. Right? Came from someplace uh, from across the world. Maybe you was in the flying trapeze at. And God's grace, you didn't fall and put it to your back. Or maybe you was out here on the block, hugging the block. Maybe you was out here doing them things. And by God's grace, you're still breathing. Or maybe you was out last night with somebody you know you wasn't married to. And you don't know what they got. But by God's grace, you're still here. We've been through a whole lot of things. Some of us have got in a car accidents and walked away when we didn't know Christ. In fact, I want to say this right here. When we were lost in our trespasses and sins, when we had a, a life-threatening situation or something's about to happen, what's the, what's the first thing that run out of our mouths when, when something bad about to happen to you? Oh my God. Oh, we know God then. Oh, we become, we become, we become saints. Yes. And when we still in our sin, when death is knocking on the door. Yes. I remember laying up in Mount Carmel Hospital, messing around with a female. And we started, we got, we were smoking. And I don't know what she had in it. It's one of those things, I don't know. I didn't know what she had in it. I had done messed up. Man, it was not in, there, in the hospital acting crazy. And I just remember, you know, losing feeling in my feet all the way up to my neck. And I just remember, I just said, I Lord, I, I know you're there. God, if you're there, just let me get through this, please. Please let me get through. That was in 2008. 2008, 2009. Didn't come into Christ until 2011, I believe it was. 2011, but still even after that, God's grace and his mercy. What does the scripture say? Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10, verse 13. It says this, I'm gonna read it. I know about her, but I want you to hear right from God's scriptures. It says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Oh, wow. We call on him. 
And sometimes we call on him and then we go right back to what we was doing. But how about God's grace? Let's move, let's move ahead to the next section. So we're going to find out about how great God's grace is and his tender love and mercy. Paul goes on in verse 4. He says, but God who is rich, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with the Messiah, who is Jesus Christ, even though we were dead in trespasses. My, oh my, oh my. So let us understand the riches of his grace. There's two things that we know that can't coexist. And that's the Lord and sin. There's hostility that will always be there until Jesus Christ comes back and that hostility will be done away with because the Father of sin and those who didn't receive Christ will be destroyed for all eternity. Amen? But God, let's check this out. God destroyed the world before we got into the second book of the Bible. He destroyed the world. Why? Because the man's thoughts were continually evil. That's Genesis chapter 6. Man's thoughts were continually evil. Everything that man did was against God. All of his thoughts and inclinations were not to God's glory, but to his glory. Man wanted to do for himself and only for himself. So it says that God repented and um, that he caused a flood to come over the earth. So there's the destruction of the world because of sin. But because of God's grace that eight people passed through those waters. There's Noah, his wife, his three sons, and their wives. And that's God's grace. That's the, great, that's the riches of his grace. He still allowed some to pass through because he still considered that he wanted to have a relationship with man. He still wanted to have a relationship with somebody although that person has something that he absolutely cannot have in his presence, and that's sin. You know something that you absolutely hate? You know someone, when, when people are squeamish about bugs, if they're near a bug, they jump. Ah! You see ants and centipedes get the screaming, or, or not, it's just not a knock on the ladies at all, but you know, I always, I only see women when they see mice, they jump up in their chair. They showed in a cartoon. We used to watch the Looney Tunes back in the day. You see the mouse, when the mouse come up, and she banging at it with a with a with a with a broom, but she jumped on the chair. That's how God feels about sin. He can't be here. But let's take a look at the greatness of his love and his mercy. Even though he, he, how much he hates and despises sin and he despises our condition, yet still he wants to make a home in all of us. Something, can you imagine that? You don't like mice, but you're going to go and make a home with the mouse anyway. Can you imagine that? Or can you imagine being like, you ever see that, that show Fear Factor when they put them in a little, little aquarium with a bunch of bugs and spiders and carrying on? You imagine being in that? You better have a heart attack. Not God. Not God who is, because of the riches of his mercy and because of his great love, a love that surpasses our knowledge that we can never understand, but Lord, give me that love. I want some of that love. I want some of that love. Not that love that turn on and turn off. I want that love of, I like you today, and I don't like you today. I don't like the way you look today. Oh, it's something about you I just don't like today. I want that love. I love you. It's either that you can accept Jesus Christ and you can see the greatness of God's mercy and the cross of Christ 
when God literally took his fist and grinded his son out. Or you can let that fist come down on you. But remember this, Jesus got hit by his father and got up. Jesus got hit by God. God hit God. God got up. You not. If you're not in Christ. If you're not covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, you're not going to get back up. I don't know if you remember this. Uh, this come from my generation. They had a movie called State Property, and their favorite little slime was, uh, if you don't get down, then you're going to lay down, and when you lay down, you're going to stay down. That's basically what Jesus said. Repent or perish if you don't repent and turn to me. Goodbye. And we got plenty of time right now while we can still see the sunshine and we can still see the brightness of his creation. We take this breath that he gave us. We still got time to do it. So I advise you, if you hear this, you want to duck that left hook from God, you better get in the sun. Because only Jesus got up when God placed his wrath on him. There's a witness in the prophet of Isaiah that talks about God's wrath. It said God's wrath burns so hot that the very, the very essence of the man, his soul, everything about him would melt. It would be turned to nothing. It would become stubble before him. But not his son. The son got up. The son didn't become stubble. Three days later, he got up. He was raised, and he wasn't raised for himself. This is the greatness of God's love, the riches of his virgin. He was raised for us. An eternal plan, all the way from Genesis 3, all the way to right now. And God knew this before Genesis 3. I just want to cast light on God's his, his unlimited knowledge and wisdom and power. He knew what was going down. So he already planned on saving us. So that left, that left for that right hook that he put on his son, he ain't got to put it on you or me. And only escape, and only way you can buy the weed that is through Christ Jesus. It's the only way. So he said, we've been saved by grace. And we understand that grace is, is simply just unmerited favor. Now, unmerited favor, that's kind of a, a big word. It's just like, it's just a, you earn something without doing anything for it. Man, no man has done anything on this earth since the beginning of creation that could cause God to do something for him. God and his sovereign might and because of his great love and his rich mercy made a decision. Oh, he could have destroyed us. He could have destroyed us. Remember what he told Moses? So you got to take a look at the Bible. You got to open your Bibles up now and read. You got to open up your Bibles and read. When Moses was up on the mountain, God said, Move, move out the way. Look at the rest of your people down there. Look at them. They're they partying. They're they, they worshiping that idol. They ain't, look, they ain't looking forward to having a relationship with me. Move so I can destroy them. And Moses said, No, 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 no. Block my name out of the book of life so that they may live. See, God, 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 God could have destroyed us. Many times, I mean, you ever had it, you ever know, use the bug analogy again, the bug illustration. You ever see, you know, you have a little animal crawling out on the sidewalk. You got a decision if you don't like bugs, whether you're going to step on that ant or not. You can step on it. What is the ant going to do to stop you from stepping on it? Nothing. He can run. He can try to hide. And if he hide, he got bug spray. Or you can call the orphan man. Goodbye, bug. You're going to get God. No, God is rich in his mercy. He made a decision. And it's a beautiful decision. It's a wonderful decision. Because what he absolutely hates and what he's hostile to is sin, he still considered us. 
He considered it so much that his very own Holy Spirit that he sent on the day of Pentecost would not just be homeless or around us. He said he would indwell our sinful bodies. And another secret, these bodies are yet to be redeemed. They're yet to be redeemed. See, sin is still active in our lands. And sometimes in the Bible, it's called the flesh. Sin is still active. You still have those urges happen. But because of what Christ did in our lives, because he destroyed the power of sin and the power of the ruler of this age, no longer do those feelings and thoughts and inclinations have power over you. Now it's, oh, man, oh, man, I'm in the video store. No one of our past the adult section has no power over me no more. Oh, there's a liquor store. I can walk through the liquor store. I can walk past all the beer and wine because I don't drink no more and I'm going to go give me a fake up. I ain't about to go pick up that NGD because I don't have a desire to get drunk anymore because that's sinful nature. I ain't gonna pick up no more. I ain't gonna blow the hell no more. Nah, y'all, y'all, if y'all put up, y'all picked up a whole sack, but I can't smoke with y'all because I have Christ Jesus. I can't smoke with y'all no more. I can't keep doing that no more. Those things have no fulfillment. Empty pleasures. Empty pleasures put out here by the world. All these empty pleasures we see. We see billboards everywhere you go. So many billboards, now, it, it makes your head spin. Enticing you to do these, these things that you know ain't right. Some of them, you know, they got, they got call, call me, but get a divorce for cheap. You got coupons for divorce. God hates that. He loves the family. That's his institution. He doesn't want men and women to divorce each other and treat marriage as a frivolous thing. But this is what the world does under the rule of the God of this age who is defeated, amen? So, let's move back. We understand we are saved by grace. We didn't earn a thing because we understand that God could destroy us at any time. He made a sovereign decision to save us and not only save us, he let us know in his word and through the witnesses, 500 of them after Christ was raised, that he did that through his son, Jesus Christ. This is no longer a mystery. We have no excuse. Nobody has an excuse. I know my, one of my children would ask me, you know, what if somebody was uh, down in like an island in a faraway land and didn't, wasn't connected to society? Uh, well, what if they don't hear about Jesus Christ? Uh, I, I most guarantee you there's some missionaries down there that, is, that, that set up camp and then brought Bibles brought food and they're down there and they learn their language and they're teaching them about Jesus Christ and they hear the same sermon. Now you have no excuse. Repent or perish. Get down with Christ. If you don't get down, you're going to lay down. When you lay down, you're going to stay down. You don't want to go from death to death because the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Come on now, somebody know what I'm talking about. It says, together with Christ, moving forward, verse 6, together with Christ Jesus, he also raised us up and seated us in the heavens, so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Have you ever noticed when you read the, uh, the letters after the Gospels, especially in Paul, that he always puts this term when God is dealing with us, he always says us in Christ. Have you ever noticed that? In Christ, we are baptized in union with Jesus Christ. So therefore, if we're in union with them, where is Jesus sitting at after his ascension? He went to go sit at the right hand of the Father. The seat of authority. And so that so therefore, if we're in Christ, we are sitting right there in Christ in that same seat of authority. Now that I don't know, don't take this the wrong way. This don't mean that you can start, you know, making real life like the game Sims and you can start going around pointing at you judge and you're gonna die. You can't do that. No. We don't have that type of authority. That belongs to him. But because we see that seat of authority, because sin and death no longer has authority over Christ. 
that we're sitting there in that seat spiritually with them being raised to life because of faith. Death and sin has no authority over us either. That's literally what this text is saying. We're now, we now have authority over that. You have the ability now to say, no, nah, I ain't with that. Before you say, no, nah, I ain't with that. Hey, come on. No, nah, I ain't with that. No, nah, you know, yeah, this is something good. Let me go. Because you were slave. You were once dead in our trespasses. Going to do what we want to do. Oh, man, come on, let's go ahead and have that, yo. Let's go do that. But now when you're in Christ, you're like, no. Nah, I, I have someone I have to answer to. Somebody, I gotta answer to if I make this decision. Oh, who is that you gonna answer to? I gotta answer God. Oh, there you go, talking about God. You don't really know God. Yes, I do. Let me show you how much I love Him. I holler back at you. You can call me and text me if you wanna go out. We ain't drinking, we ain't smoking, we're not carousing, we're not partying. None of that. We can have Bible study or we can chill and have a movie, but we ain't doing nothing that will cause me to be at odds with the God who saved me by giving His Son a left hook. Don't want that. So we have authority over that now. We have authority over that now. Glory to God. To God be the glory. Now, last section. Not going to take up too much more time. It says, For you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is God's gift. Notice it says, Gift. And, and it's, it's not something to do. We, 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 everyone has a gift available for them. They don't receive that long. They still, still send those letters out. You know, I got one recently, actually. Shuffled about it. You ever uh, get a letter in the mail from a publisher's clearinghouse? They send you a letter, and how much is about like, like you can win $10 million. All you got to do is uh, send in these codes and, and what do you have to do? You have to keep sending stuff in, but you got to keep actively sending stuff in and so you, that you may redeem this prize. The free gift of God of salvation is available to everyone. All you have to do is receive it. It's for free. You don't have to do a thing. It don't matter what you look to right now. It don't matter if you came here today, you just got, if you just got finished doing something wrong, if you just thought something wrong right now, His grace and His mercy, He knows that about you. He just wants you to be saved. He wants you to be redeemed. He wants to love you. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to live. He wants to work out your problems. You just got to give Him a shot. You got to redeem it. You got to claim it. I need to put this in here, but let us not get confused and think that if we freely choose God on our own, that's Armenian way. And so they have a way the Armenians are known for this, the, um, the over-exercising of free will. Now, granted this, we do have free will. We are free to exercise and exert our volitional will that God has given us over our create, not our creation, but God's creation. We're free to do whatever we like. You can do it. But remember, before we were saved, we could only act in free will under the slavery and the oppression of this world, saved in our sinful condition. You can freely move around. You got free will, but you can't freely choose God. Remember this passage, and we heard it recently, in uh, the Gospel of John, verse, uh, chapter 6, 44. Jesus says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. So it's God that is working this. You can feel it. You've all felt it, sitting and hearing a sermon that you felt God working on your heart. And then when, when the sermon is over, they say, would anybody like to come to Christ? Then, then you, you feel that tug at your heart, and you're like, I don't know if I should get up. But then one day you get up, and you come on down, and, and, and it's just a walk down. Now it's no longer a dead man walking. We got one who's going to be walking into eternal life. No more dead man walking. 
now alive truly in Christ. Or that woman is now alive truly in Christ. She's making that laugh. It's like when, when, when they're on capital punishment, they walk in and go die. That's the physical death. But when you walk in there, someone walks up and they, they hear that call and they, they walk up, they're walking to go die. Now they're going to die to their sinful nature. They're going to die to it and be raised up into the life of Christ. Hallelujah. And now we understand that this is not something that we can do. It's not for works so that no man can boast. No one can work it. I don't know um, if Mother Teresa was truly loving God or not, but she was the well-known philanthropist. And let me tell you right now, I don't know, but if she didn't have a true relationship with Jesus Christ, all of those works, no. None. We can't work our way to God. We can't go and say, oh, I'm going to keep, keep doing these good things and never consider Christ. In fact, he goes on to say it. He says, for, for we are his creation. And this is when we become saved. We are his creation. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time so that we should walk in them. We are a new creation once we, we, we die to sin and no longer walking dead in our trespasses. And now we have the, the newness of life. Real life. Real life. Real time. I just want to read one more thing and I'm going to take my seat. Because there's one thing in this very last passage in, in verse 10. It says, which God prepared ahead of time so that we should walk in them. This is the thing about God's foreknowledge, his infinite knowledge. We're going to move up to Ephesians chapter 1. And I'm going to begin reading at verse 1. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by God's will, to the faithful saints in Christ Jesus at Ephesus. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavens. And hear this. For he chose us. You hear that? He chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be blameless and holy in his sight and love. He predestined us to be adopted through Jesus Christ for himself according to his favor and will to the praise of his glorious grace that he favored us with, with favored us within the beloved, and the beloved is Jesus Christ. He knew us. Before he set the world on its four pillars, he knew us. Before he decided to say, let there be light, he already knew every single one of us. He knew who would be saved and who would reject him. He knew that. He knows. And that's such a wonderful thing. That he knows. He knows our hearts and our minds, and yet and still he wants a relationship with you. A relationship with you so that you are no longer dead in the trespasses of your sins, being a dead man walking, but now being one who's walking into newfound life, eternal life in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah, saints. Hallelujah, saints for eternal life in Christ Jesus for the work that he's done on Calvary, a work that continues today, a perpetual blessing for all men you breathe. We should not take this lightly because we could have died. All of us had an opportunity to leave this earth before having the opportunity to be in Christ, to be lost forever. And there's no repentance after the breath leaves your body. So I take that, I, I'm getting ready to take my seat. I lay this out here, this is God's word. 
I'll read it from Romans chapter 10. Verses 9 and 10. We shall know these. Am I in the right place? There we are. It says, if you confess with your heart, if you confess with your mouth, I should say, sorry about that, with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. Amen and amen. Thank you. 